You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to the Pull Box Podcast. This is our 25th episode. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I am the other host, Curtis Finley. And uh, this month is Star Wars Month. Uh, uh, you'd have to be living under a sufficiently large enough rock. To not know that there's a pretty big movie release happening uh, in the month of December. I think that uh, rock would have to be on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> of another planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, The Force Awakens is coming out on December 18th. Uh, as you're listening to this, probably in a couple weeks. In about two weeks. Um, and uh, in order to celebrate that, we thought that we would... Read a bunch of Star Wars books. Marvel recently relaunched all of their uh, Star Wars titles um, because they they obviously Star Wars was with Dark Horse previously. Yep. And when Disney bought Star Wars, they had already acquired Marvel a few years before, and so it just made How sense convenient. for yeah for Star Wars to return to Marvel, which some some younger listeners might not know. Because yep. uh, Star Wars has been with Dark Horse since the 90s. Uh, it's been a very long time since Marvel published any Star Wars comics. I believe like the late 80s. That's true. Right? Yep. So uh, originally when the movies came out, when the first movies came out, Star Wars was with Marvel. They, they published all the original comics. So In fact, I believe that the the adaptation of the first movie actually came out before the film was released. Um, maybe just a month or so, or maybe it was just the first issue came out. Yeah, maybe released. the first issue. But it was like, I remember reading, reading that, I was like, there's no way that would happen now. <laughs> well, the novel, the novel certainly came out, the novel was first published in 1976. Yeah, okay. So, it was possible to pick up Star Wars, The Adventures of Luke Skywalker, the yeah. novel, which I, I have a copy of that first printing. Nice. Um, in 1976. But no one cared because no one yeah. had heard of Star Wars before. Yeah. So but, and, and that was part of marketing back then. That yeah. was part of promotion is you right. wanted people to read the book, the novelization of the movie, get to, get, to get hyped up and then tell people about the movie because yeah. like, there was no Star Wars. Can you imagine that? I, I, can't, I can't imagine <laughs> that world. There, at one point in 1976, there was a world, and before 1976, there was a world that Star Wars just wasn't a thing. It just didn't exist. And uh, I think for for most people, that's a that's a pretty difficult thing to wrap your head around sometimes. Yeah, but can you imagine the the experience of being there at Star Wars for the very first time? Yeah. With no preconceived notion of what Star yeah. Wars was at all, because it didn't yeah. exist. Like your mind would be blown. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, Marvel. The, the Marvel um, Star Wars stuff is actually, other than the Dark Horse stuff that you made us read. A year ago or so. Yeah. Um, that's the only other Marvel... Or other only other Star Wars comics I've read. I've only okay. read the, the old Marvel stuff. Yeah. Um, only kind of the first half of the series. And then I yeah. got 
really terrible and I didn't read it anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's um it the the early Marvel stuff is rough to say the least it doesn't really care for canon because there was no such thing back then yeah right didn't, but didn't i loved matter. it it has a certain there's such fun a adventure fun, yeah, yeah a fun adventure and yeah. especially the the early issues the series started out as a six issue adaptation of a new hope yeah. and then it went on to its own thing and, and followed han solo um as he took off after the, the death star incident and yeah know, got to to uh, spend his bounty as he pleased. Or, yeah, or hanging out with Jackson, the, Jackson, the yeah. rabbit, totally uh, bounty hunter, smuggler and they type were, guy. They were just fun. I yeah, there was. It, I think a lot of the problem with Star Wars is that it becomes so serious that it gets yeah. bogged down a lot of the time. So I like the the light adventure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but before we get into this new Star Wars comic, we'll be yeah. starting with Volume One of Star Wars. I uh, we're we just have a. a, a an announcement, Quick I guess. Public service announcement. Yeah, uh, you may have noticed on our Facebook page, and if you listen to any of the other Thunder Quack podcasts, uh, then you know that we are are doing a holiday giveaway. Um, and this is our first this is our first Thunder Quack contest. Um, and the way that it works is, if you are a supporter on Patreon, then you have been entered into a contest. To win a fabulous prize box uh, of, of digital prizes. So uh, we announced it last week. We announced the first prize in the prize box, which is a $25 Amazon gift card. Ooh, for Amazon.com. Yeah. yeah. And this week, uh, we've added in a digital copy of Jurassic Park. That sounds good. So, I, so those are two great prizes that I think are well worth uh, pledging your support over at patreon.com slash thunderquack so mike do yeah. you is there a certain amount that you have to pledge in order to be to qualify for this award one dollar oh, one dollar that's minimum it of one yeah. dollar yeah that sounds like a great deal yeah it, uh it is hopefully uh, hopefully people feel that way um because not only are you entering the contest but you're also helping us produce podcasts so I, Patreon, I think, is already a pretty good value because you're because you're chipping in to help us make these podcasts as well as future podcasts and, and uh, uh, new shows that we've added since we started the Thunderquack Podcast Network uh, just about a year ago. And uh, I, so you're already getting that. You can already get perks at certain levels like five dollars, ten dollars, fifteen dollars, um, but. Now you're also going to get entered into this contest. So if you're already a Patreon supporter, you're already entered. All right. Maybe I should become a Patreon supporter. <laughs> Not eligible for Thunderquack oh, podcast hosts. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, I, your friends and family certainly are okay. eligible. So. Um, and are there more prizes to be announced coming soon? There are. So next week we'll announce another prize. And then on the 18th, yeah. Which is a date that we've already mentioned. What's happened on that day? Uh, we will be doing a live Thunderquack roundtable on YouTube at youtube.com slash network, which is a bit of a mouthful, I know, but that's the <laughs> URL. Um, and we're going to do a, a live spoiler cast for The Force Awakens, assuming that most people who listen to these podcasts will have seen it on the 17th. Now, yeah. you're probably worried that... Like, I haven't seen The Force Awakens yet, so I can't tune in for the spoiler cast. It's okay. We're going to do the, the winner announcement right at the beginning of the spoiler cast. Um, so we'll be announcing our winner right there at the beginning of that YouTube live stream. 
And uh, and then we'll get into spoilers. And so then if it you will immediately say which prominent Star Wars character dies in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah. So yeah, you're forewarned that you don't have to be forewarned. <laughs> I, yeah, you can just tune in, find out if you won, and then go. I mean, hopefully, go see the Force Awakens. What are you doing? Why, yeah, right. Why haven't you seen it yet? <laughs> um, I I confidently assume that most of our listeners will have seen the Force Awakens by then, because I myself will have seen it three times. Wow! So if if you can't get out there and see it once, you know, that's your fault. I that's how I feel about it at least. So I yeah I it's a global release like it's it's it, it, in fact I think it opens in the UK earlier. It opens a couple days earlier. In the UK. So um, you haven't bought a plane ticket? No, no. <laughs> every time you? <laughs> every time I bring that up, somebody says that to me. It's like oh, it's too expensive. Um, don't I? We considered it. We considered a lot of things. We considered going to a lot of places to see the movie for the first time. But uh, I, yeah, so, so yeah, it's a great, it's a great contest. I think it's a great giveaway. I, you're basically helping to support us to bring you great podcasts, and then as a thank you, we're we're giving away free giving, stuff, giving away some free stuff. So, um, you know, and if it goes well, maybe we'll continue doing these in the future on a regular basis. So I don't see why not. Yeah. So I. Uh, so yeah, that's. Patreon.com slash Thunderquack to, to uh, uh, pledge your support to all of our awesome podcasts and, uh, and to be entered into that contest to win a $25 Amazon gift card, a digital copy of Jurassic Park, and more prizes to be revealed in future episodes yes. of this podcast and others. So, so do that. Good. Cool. Do it now. Yeah. Right now. Um, so with that, let's jump into... Star Wars Volume 1 Skywalker Strikes uh, that has been brought to us by a whole litany of people because it's a Marvel book. So, But mostly Jason Aaron wrote it. Yeah, Jason and Aaron and John Cassidy uh, illustrated it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the majority of the team. You know, that's the, that's the key to it. Uh, so this book takes place immediately following... A New Hope. Right. So they blow up the Death Star, and then this is... Oh, and th- we should also say this is establishing a new continuity. Yes, yeah. So this is the new continuity. Uh, we've mentioned already that Disney bought Star Wars. For yeah. those, again, who are living under rocks, don't know. Disney bought Star Wars, and then a- about a year ago, I guess, maybe two years ago, they wiped out the continuity. Um, yeah. They They basically said everything that's been produced... Uh, uh, previously, with the exception of obviously the films, Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, has been wiped from the continuity. So nothing else counts. That's too bad. Um, it really doesn't matter because it's all made up nonsense, anyways. And for anybody who has actually followed along with, let's say, because you know, between episode two and three, there was the huge multimedia three year long event that was the Clone Wars yeah. tie ins. Uh, now that's not the Clone Wars animated series, but there was the Clone Wars micro series by Gendy Tartakovsky, Which I love. The, the traditionally animated stuff. Yeah. There were uh, at least a dozen novels that yeah. tied into to the movies. There were comic books. Uh, there were video games. There's all this stuff, 
And I'll just take that segment, that three years of producing content. There are so many continuity errors within <laughs> that three-year well, span yeah, yeah. that it really doesn't matter that you wipe out the continuity because the continuity doesn't make any sense anyways. Yeah, well, and frankly, I'm not going to remember all of that anyway. You, yeah. can't, you can't possibly... I mean, you, some people can read and watch every single thing, but yeah. uh, most people aren't going to. So, yeah, yeah just... But, you know, it's it's no different than when, when Marvel or DC do these soft refreshes where they go, or in the case of DC, where they do hard refreshes and say <laughs> nothing counts and now yeah. it's all new. Um, the important stuff is all obviously all still in place. Yep. Some of this new material has alluded to the idea that some of the previous material did take place the way that it said that it did, okay. or that there might just be slight changes. So one of the comics that we're not actually covering in this... Uh, Kane in the Last Padawan, it uh, uh, involves a character named Depa Balaba who ends up being Kanan's master. Okay, um, and she was she was in Episode One. She was on the Jedi Council, oh. and then in Episode Two, she wasn't on the Jedi Council, and in Episode Three, she wasn't in the movie at all. So I, I don't think I don't know if she was in Episode Two at all either. I don't think that she was. So. Um, during the Clone Wars, she went on a mission to a planet called Harrenkal and went crazy. And then was rescued by Mace Windu and brought back to the Jedi Order, but had kind of dipped into the dark side a little bit. Okay. And this is part of the old continuity, but Kane and the Last Padawan references events in that book's called Shatterpoint. So it references events from that book, from Depa Balaba's history. Okay. So... So they can't even pick and choose. They can't even. Yeah, exactly. They can't even get straight whether they've wiped the continuity or not. (laughs) And this is my whole point: is that like the the continuity is nonsense, and this book is case in point of (laughs) all of that. So this book started. It was uh, originally published back when they started doing the new Star Wars stuff, the beginning of this year, Um, and at the same time that this came out. Right around the, the beginning of the year, uh, a novel called Heir to the Jedi came out, okay. starring Luke Skywalker. The first Star Wars novel from Luke Skywalker's point of view. For, it was like a first-person narrative. Okay. Um, this book implies, and I think it says it in like their little, their little crawl, that this basically... like. The Death Star has been destroyed, and now it's time for the Rebels to do all of this other stuff. The The book also basically starts at the exact same time frame of, like, we just destroyed the Death Star. Now Luke Skywalker has an important mission. It doesn't <laughs> and have... it's a different mission than this one. And it's a totally <laughs> different mission from this one. So they are taking place at the same time. And then on top of that... There were a bunch of books recently released as Force Awakens tie-ins. And one of those books, Luke Skywalker, The Weapon of a Jedi, takes place, guess what? Immediately <laughs> following the events of A New Hope and the, the destruction of the Death Star. So there are three stories that take place immediately after the destruction of the Death Star. And Luke Skywalker is in three places at once. And not only that, but his force skill level is different in all three of them. So, in this book, it's total nonsense. He fights Darth Vader for a second, 
which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, in in one of the other books, he can move a noodle with his mind if he really really focuses, <laughs> like because it's sort of establishing that he doesn't have right. the 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 abilities with the force. And then in in the most recent book, he uses the force to manipulate a, a lever that's high up in a Jedi temple in order to activate it. And it's like that's like full on telekinetic ability, right? Yeah. And these these stories all take place in the same time frame. So. What I'll say to our to our listeners is uh, this is no different than reading a superhero comic. If you're going to read Superman and you're going to read all of the Superman books, you need to understand that they're not going to make any sense. If you want to read a book that stars Superman and then a book where he is a side character like Justice League or a supporting like a part of an ensemble like Justice League, you need to understand that they're not going to sync up. They might have references to each other, but they're not actually going to make sense. Um, now, DC never promises that everything's going to make sense, whereas Lucasfilm came out and said, we're wiping the continuity so we can start fresh, and we have a story group that's going to ensure that all of the continuity makes <laughs> sense. So uh, the people who are in charge of that have failed us <laughs> right out the gate with their first two Luke Skywalker stories. Oops. And then later that year contradicted themselves again. Um, wow. So with all of that said, this book's pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> this book does is just... Um, if I, anything, it does remind me of those old 70s Star Wars stories where it's like, we don't care about the continuity. Let's just do something fun. Well, so, without the fun though. <laughs> without the fun fun part of it. Yeah. I it, was yeah, I was so disappointed because yeah. I was really looking forward to 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 these all three of these books, especially cuz Marvel put some of their best talents yep. on these. Like th- there are some really good writers and great artists uh, involved in in these books, so I thought yeah. that they would um, have a bigger impact. Now, having said that, these are licensed properties. Yeah. So you can't just go hog wild with them because you have to return the characters to the exact same status quo as before. Um, So there are things that I did like about these books and the things that I did like were the elements that they brought in that didn't have anything to do with the movies for the most part. We can get into those, but yeah, I, so a, a brief rundown of this plot is that, that, um, our team of heroes has a mission to to blow up um, an empire weapons base, I guess. Yeah. Uh, which is on some moon, and Vader gets sent by the Emperor to stop them, not knowing that they're the same people that that blew up the Death Star. Yeah. Uh, and so they uh, so they kind of meet on that moon and and have a little little battle and they go their separate ways the rebels end up blowing the thing up in the end um but the the biggest thing in this whole story is <laughs> that luke and vader face off and have a, a battle yeah and luke and and vader has no idea who luke is at that time which i think is a little ridiculous because shouldn't he just feel that he's the same guy um yeah, and I do think I th- I think that he does he does make a comment of like where's the the 
the pilot who destroyed the Death Star, not thinking that it's Luke. Like he says, he addresses Luke and says something about about. See, I read these at the beginning of the month. Uh, about the the pilot who destroyed the Death Star. Right. So I think that he senses that Luke is there, but then when he sees Luke, he doesn't put it together right away. But there are there are some cool moments <clears throat> that I like. I don't. I don't necessarily think that the story itself is all that bad. It, it's okay if it didn't contradict what we know from the movies. Um, Vader and Luke have never confronted each other, right? Yeah. So- In Empire, it, like that, there would have to be something like like it just it doesn't make that that sequence make sense now. If you if you skip the first how many issues is this? is it six right I think so if you skip I think the first four issues which is all that weapon factory stuff and you just read the last two where uh, Darth Vader has gone to Jabba the Hutt and hired one of his key like like one of his best bounty hunters yeah. to find out who destroyed the Death Star and then. You know, if it would have just been somebody other than Boba Fett, <laughs> it would have <laughs> yeah. been a great story of like, okay, so Vader hires a bounty hunter from Jabba, that bounty hunter tracks down Luke, and then Luke defeats that bounty hunter, but not before information is sent back to Vader. Yeah. I think that would have been a, a fantastic story. This whole situation of Vader and Luke uh, confronting each other it just it just doesn't ring true for me. And then well, on top of that, you have Han and Chewie and Leia commandeering and ATAT and laying waste <laughs> to everything. And and it's like it it just to me it was just over the top. I think one of the things about Star Wars that I think makes it as great as it is is that the world is fantastical. Uh, it's full of all this great science fiction. But the storytelling, especially in the classic trilogy, is almost always treated with a lot of restraint until you get to Return of the Jedi at the very end. And then you have like the huge epic battle that's going on in space on the ground <laughs> yeah. with the Ewoks and then Luke and Vader. But that's the climax of three movies. So right. it kind of ramps up, right? But for the most part, they're much more personal stories that, that, um, that don't have kind of the over-the-top comic book ridiculousness that I would say uh, two of these comics have, and one of them actually does a pretty good job <clears throat> of keeping it on that sort of personal level. Because um, Star Wars and Darth Vader both have moments where they just go a little bit too far, and you're yeah. like, that's just... Like, now you're just taking out your toys and playing with them. Like, that's what you're doing. And, and that's... That's fine for a video game like Disney Infinity where that's the express purpose of it and we can all go it's not part of continuity. That's fine. But when it comes to the comics that are supposed to be within continuity, I just feel like there's a stylistic uh, tone that you have to hit. And Vader hits it better. I think that Princess Leia actually hits it really well. Um, But Star Wars completely overshoots it and goes right into... A Marvel or DC comic book sort of right. world. Well, and that's yeah, and I think that's kind of just the nature of being written for comic books yeah. by comic book writers. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, 
And, and again, yeah. I'll, I'll say the best Star Wars comic that's being done right now, we're not covering in, in these episodes. And that's Kane and the Last Padawan, which is a direct tie-in to Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars The Clone Wars. And it's actually the first six issues were written by Greg Weissman, who is one of the oh, yeah. creators of the characters for Star Wars Rebels. Right. So he was telling the backstory of the character that he helped create. So There you go. Um, but tonally, it actually matches the Clone Wars perfectly, like the TV series. So, um, but we're not talking about that. <laughs> we're talking about Star Wars. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, but like there, there are certainly things that I like. Um, the aspect of Luke's character that after f- defeating, uh, destroying the Death Star, and uh, winning that battle, um, rather than you know, the Anakin Skywalker approach to things and, and letting it go to his head and being really full of himself, he's actually, he kind of just wants to be left alone almost. Is it kind of like, it? Like in his mind it was a fluke, it was luck. He doesn't fully, he hasn't fully embraced the whole Jedi thing yet, which I which is, I think, in keeping with where he is in Empire Strikes Back before he meets Yoda, Yeah. right? Is that like he kind of, He's got a bit of this attitude where, like, he's he's a soldier and he just kind of wants to be the same as everybody else. Yeah. Um, well, and I think it's also neat to see <clears throat> him um, being kind of quiet and, and withdrawn because, yeah. you know, his his whole family was just murdered. Yeah. And, um, and Obi-Wan as well, even though he just kind of met Obi-Wan, he was, was murdered in front of him and... and um, and then it's just adrenaline, go, 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 get yeah. the job done, the Death Star's destroyed, now I can actually process everything that's yeah. going on. Yeah, so. yeah, and, and so the, the confrontation with Vader, um, where he, like, Vader shows up and Luke ignites his lightsaber immediately, and it's like, oh, buddy, you're not, yeah. you're not prepared for this, you mm-hmm. don't have the skill level, and Vader toys with him, and then I, I, it's incredible because the I uh, this this scene where Vader has he's pulled the lightsaber out of Luke's hand and he's holding the lightsabers he's he's got one in each hand yeah. and he crosses them and raises them ready to decapitate yeah. Luke in the exact same way that he did with that Anakin did with Dooku. Dooku, And it's this great parallel where you look at it and you're, and then, and then he has this moment where he goes, wait a second. Like, (laughs) like Anakin inside Vader remembers that moment as we're seeing it play out. And then he looks at the lightsaber that's in his hand and he's like, this is the same one that I did this. Yeah. Like this is, this is my lightsaber. Right. Um, and sort of, and he starts to put it together. So, um, the, the places where I will give this story points is where it starts to set up Darth Vader, the, the Darth Vader series. Um, and so like those, those plot points, I, I think, um, like I said, if, if it weren't for the fact that they directly contradict the movies, the story itself I think is actually pretty good. Like it's a it's a pretty cool story. It's just well, there's not much to it. They they yeah. they leave it pretty sparse so that the character development can can have room to breathe. Yeah, 
so there isn't a, an intricate Italian job style plot. We have to get no. into this uh, this weapons base and blow it up kind of thing. Yeah, they basically just, just pretended to be Jabba the Hutt's envoy yeah. to this weapons factory so that they could get in and then blow it up. Yeah, and it's Star Wars, so everything goes horribly wrong, <laughs> and they have to basically blow their way out of there in an ATAT. And um, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of a fun, silly story, but not as I don't know. Not a, it, it, it. There's just there are just elements of it that are just tonally off. Well, um, what I didn't, what I found kind of um, a little off-putting was that they had they they felt the need to cram as many famous Star Wars characters as yes. they could into six issues. Yeah, we didn't need to have Jabba the Hutt. No, and we certainly didn't need to have Boba Fett. No, um, but uh, but they're there. Um, and and it just we could have had the um you know given us um a little bit more room to breathe with with yeah. the whole story or yeah. um some debrief time at the end or something like that rather than introducing more characters and moving on to the next yeah. thing yeah so i uh, i'll say the inherent problem with all of the new expanded universe stuff the comics the books the the uh, any of the tie in materials right now uh, is that. It's very clear that Lucasfilm and Disney have been sort have they've sort of set up a safe zone of storytelling, and that safe zone right now until the Force Awakens comes out is Episode Four to Episode Six. There's another uh, comic series called uh, uh, Shattered Empire that takes place immediately following Return of the Jedi immediate like i'm talking immediately like to the point where the first issue actually starts during return of the jedi oh yeah and then it sort of like it trails off into because they can't let it get too far yeah because these characters 30 years later in force awakens have a backstory that That, they don't want to tell yeah that they don't want to tell yet they come january we will have access to basically everything i'm sure like there's probably stuff that they haven't announced yet Mm -hmm. that'll start dropping in january february march that will start to fill in those gaps they know the story but we're not allowed to know it yet so um all and and the the reason why i say we're relegated to four to six is because other than kanan they aren't doing any storytelling in the prequel era and that's only because Kanan ties directly into Star Wars Rebels, which is a Currently hit TV series that's on TV. Yeah, yeah. right. So, um, and it's right, where does Rebels fall into continuity? So Rebels starts five years before A New Hope. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's still within the. It is, yeah, the, it is still within trilogy. within the original trilogy era. Yeah. Um, now, starting, I think, in a couple months, maybe in January or February, they have an Anakin and Obi-Wan comic that's coming out. So after The Force Awakens comes out and everybody has seen the movie and everybody's happy with Star Wars again, they can start to talk about the prequels again. <laughs> They're not allowed to right now. Basically, there's like okay. a gag order when it comes to anything other than the original trilogy because marketing doesn't want people thinking about the movies that nobody liked whether those movies are good or not is a totally different podcast but it it just sort of informs why all of this storytelling is stuck smack dab in the middle right of four five and six so so do you think that this is going to go off on a little bit of a tangent yeah do you think that um the events of a force awakens 
will have repercussions on stuff that happened in the prequel trilogy. And do you think maybe that's possibly why they haven't been dabbling there? Because big reveals in this new movie that are yeah. coming out will impact the kind of stories that they can tell about the, the prequels? Um, no, I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I do think it's as simple as the prequels are not well received these days. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it's revisionist history. I mean, each of those movies made millions and millions of dollars. Right. Um, and I can remember in 1999 going to see The Phantom Menace and everybody was excited beforehand and we all saw the movie and it's not like everybody tells it now. Basically, everybody walked out of that theater going like, man, Star Wars is great. It wasn't until a couple of months later that you started hearing from certain people, <laughs> man, these th- that movie was terrible. And, and it sort of infiltrated pop culture in the opposite way that the first movies did. And, and so the subsequent movies were under much more scrutiny. And in fact, like, I, like, I think that they get better as they go. Uh, that episode one to episode two, there's episode two is a better story. Um, and then episode three is actually a, a pretty good movie, um, with a few kind of, you know, glaring flaws, but I, the way that people treat it is that all three of those prequels are the worst movies ever made. And it's like, <laughs> have you seen GI Joe? That's a terrible movie. Okay, that first G.I. Well, Joe is a terrible movie. And I always have to remind you, do you remember Mark Hamill's acting in yeah, A New Hope? Exactly. And, like- <laughs> and, and Yeah, it's like without those rose-colored glasses, right? Because um, there, like, there are legitimately terrible movies that come out every year. Yep. I don't think that the prequels, as, as problematic as they are in areas, I do not think that they're as bad as everybody thinks. It's just that you're comparing them to the, the, your glorious eight-year-old memories of the original trilogy. Right. Right? So yeah. um, people, people want sequels to the original movies. They don't want follow-ups to the prequels. Um, which were, it's just a very different storytelling style. I mean, like they're very different, they're very different stories. Um, this comic, this Star Wars comic has a heck of a lot more in common with the prequels than it does with the classic trilogy. Case in point, what you said about, about them cramming as many characters as they could into one story, Uh into one trade paperback yeah like that that's one of the places where those the prequels really suffered is was in this this weird need to bridge every gap everything had to have one-to-one correlation or connection right and so like chewbacca is in episode three for no reason whatsoever he doesn't do anything he's just there he's just a background character he just stands there and he goes with Yoda as Yoda gets in his little escape pod and escapes. <laughs> but he doesn't do anything. Nothing actually happens. And and I think that it's a result of too much happening in those stories. And in this comic, there's just entirely too much happening in the six issues that you get. It's not... You know, it. they want to have the whole crew from the first movie, from A New Hope together in one book yeah 
I understand the 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 reason to do that because you want to be able to put out covers that, that have all be. all five six characters. Yeah. You know. Well, and then you you know, and I mentioned this before. You the original Marvel series once they finished with the, the telling the new hope story, yeah. it only focused on Han Solo. Yeah. Like that was it. It was just a Han Solo yeah. mini series or whatever for yeah. the next six issues or something like and that. I, and I think that's why the other two books are so much better than this one because Darth Vader focuses on Darth Vader. Yeah. And Princess Leia focuses on Princess Leia. Right. And the other characters are not in them. Right. Well, and this one mostly focuses on, on Luke. It does mostly focus on Luke. Yeah. And because of it, the characters, especially of Han and Leia, really suffer. Yeah. All the, it just resorts them to a bickering couple yeah. the entire time. Nothing else really happens with them. Yeah. So it doesn't, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's too bad. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I mean, uh, at, at the end of the day, it's Star Wars, so, you know, I'm not going to discount it too much. I do think you can skip this book. Yeah. I think you can just skip it all together and you can just read Darth Vader and just read Princess Leia. And uh, and apparently the Lando comic is great, which is something that's that it came out a few months later. Okay. So it hasn't been collected yet. Um, but by all accounts, it's a great book uh, okay. because it's about Lando off by himself well, doing his own thing. And you can also do a lot more with Lando because his character <laughs> yeah. is very minimal in the movies. Yeah. So you can yeah. go wherever you want. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's yeah, you, you just have to make sure that his endpoint is being the administrator of Cloud City, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, and that's and, and I'm sure that that's probably what they're working towards. There's also a yeah. Chewbacca comic that's that's currently out, and another I, character with great potential. Yeah, um, I don't know what era that takes place in. I don't know what and the I story heard, is. I heard that one is about. all pantomime, or mostly. Because, yeah, yeah, because he doesn't. Which speak, I think is right? great. I yeah. love stories that yeah. can tell the visually tell yeah. everything that's going on. <clears throat> yeah. But I think, but I, I honestly think you can read Darth Vader and Princess Leia, and then if you pick up those Journey to the Force Awakens books, uh, there are three of them. There's a story about Luke Skywalker that I mentioned. There's a story about Han and Chewie that takes place immediately after the Battle of Yavin, uh, the destruction of the Death Star, that actually makes sense in the continuity. Okay. Um, and then there's a Princess Leia story that actually takes place between uh, five and six, between okay. Empire and Jedi. So... Uh, it has nothing to do with any of this, and it doesn't conflict with that comic. So I, I don't know. I think that they, that they, I think that they tried. I just think that they failed, <laughs> and that they, there should have been a little bit more oversight and somebody giving a few more notes of like establish exactly when this happened. Yeah, we have this book coming out. Reference this thing that happened in it. In the comic, so that we know that the comic takes place after that, or reference something from the comic in the book, so we know it right. takes place after that. But well, they didn't do that. It's not like they have fifteen different series going on at once. Yeah, they only have three things going on. Yeah, I mean, like, the, if if anybody can manage this sort of a mess of tangles and wires, it's Marvel, well, right? Exactly, because they do it in their comics where, like. And and like I said, you just have to mention where the character was last week. Yeah. And then whether or not the the issues sync up, the trade paperback should at least sync up to the point where if Miss Marvel has her own adventure with Wolverine in volume two of Miss Marvel, that's cool. In the next volume of wolverine or in a volume of wolverine if miss marvel is mentioned it should refer back to that yeah so that we know 
that it takes place after that. Or if one of them shows up in the Avengers, they should reference back to that story so that we know that that took place before this story in Avengers. And it doesn't have to be one-to-one exact, but, you know, just kind of know where your characters are and what they're up to. Unless you're Wolverine, in which case you can be in all of the books at the same time, (laughs) and it doesn't matter. Well, isn't he in none of the books at the moment? Uh, Didn't he die? He did die, but then they had their whole Secret War thing and something happened, and now he's Old Man Logan. But in the current timeline in the current 616 timeline uh and he only showed up at the very end of the first issue of the new uh uh extraordinary x-men so he's not in every book right now so he's not in every book right now he's only in one book right but now. for the past 10 years he has been in every yes. book yeah yeah yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even in books that he had no business being in like power pack yeah right. and uh, and runaways <laughs> not uh, although like Just he has guest appearance, he has so. no business being in them but he's almost always the best part. Like in in I think it's in like volume three or four of Runaways, he shows up, and he's fantastic in it. Like he's <laughs> just so well used. But well, um, yeah, that's why that's uh, that's why they stick him in. Who yeah. sales? Yeah. So I th- I just think I just think Joe Casada needs to sit down with the the Lucasfilm story team and say, "This is how you do it, guys." <laughs> Let me <laughs> like, show you a few things. You had a bit of a false start, and you you were a little bit too keen to tell five stories that all took place right after the destruction of the Death Star. Um, how about we say that this one took place right after? Like this story, if you want to place it somewhere, it has to take place immediately following it because in other stories the team splits up. Okay. So this has to be like like this is like two days after they blew up the Death Star. It was like, okay, you guys go blow up this weapons facility, right? They should have maybe mentioned that they had to do it in order to distract the Empire so that they had time to find a new base or at least to mobilize <laughs> the so that they could get off the planet. But anyways, this is all Star Wars nerd stuff that I worry about. But <laughs> I and then you can say, like in the in one of those two books, that it takes place after this. They go right. back to the fleet. Yeah, that's not hard to do. Um, and then, you know, Luke Scott... Uh, we, we haven't even really talked about this. The In the last two issues, Luke goes to Tatooine and he goes back to Ben's hovel, yeah. to Obi-Wan's uh, little hut, and, and digs through his stuff and finds a box marked for Luke. Right? And there is a perfect device to carry through all of this new stuff. Yeah. Like, he, they can pull out whatever element they want in every book to uh, base, with that, that little box there Yeah, to help him along his journey. Yeah, so uh, you just, like, man, just allude to that. Have, have him read Ben's journal in the next book, the next story. Yeah. And, and then you're directly placing it in the timeline after this story, right? Yeah. Like... It, it, I don't know. It does in hindsight for us. It doesn't seem that difficult, but I'm sure for them, it's difficult to manage all this stuff. So one question I have is that um, yeah. So Marvel, even though Marvel's owned by Disney, Marvel still gets to, I think, still gets to call the shots when it comes to their comics. But did yeah. they get to call the the shots with these comics, these Star Wars comics? No. I would say uh, these comics are are published by Marvel. They're produced by Lucasfilm. Okay. Right. Uh, and and I mean you've got the Lucasfilm and Disney 
logos right on the back cover. Yeah, and you don't have even get Disney logos on the Marvel comic trade. No, exactly. So, so like these This is obviously a, These yeah. these are Lucasfilm comics. They are just published by Marvel because yeah. that makes more sense than starting a new imprint and worrying about that. Right? Um, but like, yeah, they are, they, I, I, they, they manage themselves. They, there is a group at Lucasfilm called the story group and it consists of, of a few executive producers. So like Dave Filoni, who executive produces and, uh, is like the supervising director for star Wars rebels and was for the clone wars. Yeah. So that's a guy with a lot of knowledge of where people were and what they were doing. Okay. Um, there's a, a guy, Pablo Hidalgo, who, I uh, has basically worked for Lucasfilm for the last I don't know 10 15 years I think and and he is he's the guy that when you have a question you go to him and you say like yeah okay so you know like Luke does this but in Empire we see him do this why and Pablo's the guy who has an answer for that um, I think he's making it up off on the fly most of the time, <laughs> but uh, and then there's another there's another person Leland Chi who's referred to as the holocron keeper, and uh-huh. he's the person who basically writes all this stuff down. <laughs> okay. That that when it comes time to do something like a chronology, which they've done in the past for the Star Wars stories, uh, he's the guy that you go to and you go, okay, so where did this take place in the timeline? Right, so, so where were these guys when all of this was happening? This is my point, right? <laughs> is that like all these people exist, all of these people have jobs, they failed. <laughs> they failed right out the gate on this. But I think that there's a lot going on in Lucasfilm right now. I think it'll take them a little while to get their footing. Yeah. And I think that the majority of the focus is on The Force Awakens right. and stuff that ties directly into The Force Awakens. So f- for my money, the main continuity stuff is anything that says Journey to the Force Awakens on it. So that's Star Wars Shattered Empire, those three books that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, there's a there's another story uh, called um, Lost Stars, I think, that's like a young, young adult novel, romance novel about two friends who grew up on a planet and one joins the Empire and one joins the Rebellion. Yeah. And they sort of like their stories interweave and then they come back together at the end of the original trilogy. Right. So... Um, like those stories are canon, 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 even though everything's supposed to be canon now, these comics are the lowest level of canon, in my opinion. Hmm. They, 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 that's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, and And um, then you have Battlefront and Disney Infinity that are just not canon. They're just ridiculous nonsense. Yeah. Well, I think, and also since Disney's putting out a Star Wars movie every year, theoretically here going out, it's a... Um, who knows how like these a lot more of this stuff is going to become obsolete quickly because the yeah. movies will always be main canon yep. over anything pre-existing in the yeah. comic book world so this new one this rogue one movie that's coming out might change the change something that happens in these ones and these yeah, ones will make exactly. less sense yeah you so, know the, the most the most interesting thing i actually found in this um in this book was at the very end when we find out that Han has a has an ex wife, yeah, um, or maybe still a wife. I don't know. If <laughs> whatever, whatever. That's how do you even is. file for divorce in Star Wars, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but there, that's what I want to see. I want to see some new characters that yeah. they can actually do some stuff with because they can't touch any of these characters that already exist because their origins before and after yeah. are already predetermined. 
Um, so to find out that he has a hidden part of his past that we can actually talk about without any worry about continuity yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. That's great. I want to hear more about that. Well, and that's that's one of the reasons why I think Star Wars Rebels and Kanan are so great, like the, the comic and the TV series, is because those are completely new characters. Yeah. yeah, And they have implications for the greater Star Wars galaxy in that, like, you know, Kanan is a Jedi that's running around with a lightsaber five years before yeah. A New Hope. But like, you don't know their fate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it could be like anything could happen to him between now and the end of that series. Yeah. Um, and it could turn out that he's still kicking around in The Force Awakens, right? We might find out that that character still is still alive and, and some of the other characters from that. And, and they can t- some of them could tie into Rogue One, which is something that people have been speculating about. Oh, yeah. Um, but, and when you create new characters, you have that freedom of yeah. not having to worry where they are. So if you're going to do a story that's called Star Wars, the comic, and it's going to take place during the original trilogy, I honestly think you should have picked some of the side characters and you should have told their stories. You don't need to tell Luke's story. Um, but but yeah. Luke is what sells. Like, <clears throat> yeah. you got to put those guys on the cover because that's what's sure. going to sell your comic. Um, but I don't want to read a Greedo story. <laughs> but you do want to read a Wedge Antilles story. No, nobody's gonna argue with that. Like, yeah, or so, or yeah. Lando, right? I mean, like you do a Lando story, Lando. Lando a good it, yeah, like that's that's genius to do yep. a Lando book because you can. And Lando is in Star Wars Rebels. Oh yeah, so yeah, he's <laughs> made a couple of appearances. Cool. So you can have that tie in as well. And yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a great character to tie that together with. Um, the other thing that I feel like they really need to do is just like take these main characters out of the book, out of the main Star Wars book, and start introducing, like you say, new characters or reintroduce existing characters from the old expanded universe and let them take part in the new continuity. Right. So, um, this, I'm sure they will at some point. Yeah. yeah, I one of the most famous characters from the comics I've already mentioned is Jackson, who is a six foot tall green rabbit. Yeah. smuggler that used to work with Han Solo and uh, like bring him back <laughs> just yep. bring Jackson back and have him be a main character in a in your Star Wars story and maybe one of the characters sticks around right maybe Luke is there but like tell like like tell a new story the my biggest thing and, and I think this will probably be like the last thing that we say about this book before we wrap up this episode is that for me, the reason why there's a gap between episode four and episode five is because nothing interesting happened. <laughs> yeah. Luke well, Skywalker stop. joined the Rebellion. He yeah. blew up the Death Star in his first mission for the Rebellion. And then he immediately went back to the Rebels and they had to take off from Yavin. And then he had to learn what it meant to actually be a part of a military organization. Because when we see him... In Empire, he's a commander. Right. That's a rank that holds responsibility. And we see him carrying out those responsibilities in The Empire Strikes Back. When they're evacuating Hoth, the medical droid is addressing him and saying it's going to take a little while to load the heavier equipment. And he's like, don't worry about it. Just make sure all of the essential stuff is loaded and and take off. Like So he basically, he gives an order... 
to say, don't worry about the snow speeders. We don't need them anymore. They were for this situation. Yeah. He knows how to call the shots and has the authority. And he has authority, them. which means that he has to have learned between four and five something he has to have gone through training he has and that's not a fun story i mean like that's a story to tell it's certainly it's certainly interesting but it's not it's not this it's not a a white knuckle adventure where he fights darth vader and then flies a speeder bike through a weapons facility which doesn't even logistically make sense if you ask me but uh because <laughs> those things move way too fast <laughs> but uh yeah like it it just Nothing interesting happened. And yeah. then between five and six, again, nothing interesting happened. Lando went to ta- like like Lando and Chewie well, went to Tatooine and scoped out the situation so they could come up with a plan. The gap between both of those or all yeah. three of those movies, those two gaps, there does seem to be um like his power level as a Jedi increases yes. between in both of those yeah. gaps. So there's Maybe there are stories to be, be told there, right? But, I yeah. Mean, you start to see the hints of him learning how to pick things up with his mind. Yes. Which he can fully do in at the very in on Hoth at the beginning of Empire, right? Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't say fully. I mean, like, he manages to do it in that one scenario, but I think that that's a life or death situation. So he yeah. he finds it within himself in that he moment. He hadn't learned to do it, it before? Uh, I, it, I, I had never really seen it that way like that that hmm. he'd been training in between because like who is there to train him right so yes the idea that he finds a box on tatooine but i mean like again the idea that luke goes back to tatooine before between four and five yeah is something that's like that's that's a bit much didn't he say me. he was never going to go back there again <laughs> exactly exactly there's nothing left for me here right? yeah. and then he leaves um i think that the better way to to leave that is that they they Han and Chewie were doing some repairs on the Falcon and they found a box labeled for Luke and Obi-Wan had left it on the Falcon because Obi-Wan knows what's going to happen from the moment that he comes in contact with Luke at the beginning of that movie until Vader cuts him down. He knows what's about to happen because he's a Jedi. So it's like he can he can sense it like he says things in the movies that that are essentially like this is the end for me. Like, this is the end of my story. This isn't about me. This is about you. And like, he alludes to the idea very early on that he knows meeting Luke that he's done for. So I could justify that. I say like he had something, he had his journal in his, in his His cloak and he just grabbed a container from, from the Falcon put the journal inside it along with maybe something else like Qui-Gon's lightsaber and wrote for Luke on it and then left it somewhere for him to find after they were, after he dies. And because he knows that that his final confrontation with Vader is coming. Yeah. So that, and that he won't be able to pass on his He allowed it to, he allowed himself to die. So exactly. So yeah. Yeah. Having Luke go back to Tatooine is 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 problematic for me. But <laughs> like I said, nothing interesting should happen. Luke should be doing a lot of meditating. He should maybe read that journal, and yeah. he should be learning how to be a soldier in in a military organization. Right, right. Because uh, like I said, he's a commander. He holds a rank in Episode Five that he carries throughout 
the 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 rest of the story. I mean, in Return of the Jedi, he's still technically Commander Skywalker. So um, even though he's a Jedi, because nobody knows that he's a Jedi, it's not important to anybody else in the galaxy. Um, all interesting stuff that's going to be touched on in the Force Awakens, I'm sure. But that, yeah. like, I just think I I, I don't I don't want to fault the writers. Uh, of these comics like I don't think I don't hold Jason Aaron responsible for that he's got to write a story and he's got to make it a compelling story so based on the parameters that he's given yeah by this Lucas yeah and so it's movie. really the story group that needs to say whoa 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 rein it back a little the commandeering of an AT-AT kind of pushing the envelope not I would not expect to see that in a movie right like that like Chewie commandeers an ATST. That's, that's on a okay. smaller scale. Yeah, that's okay, right? Like that's not that's not well, that yeah. little bit further. You know what I mean? And if I, the the problem also then that I have is is if I have. So my son is getting to the age where he's getting into Star Wars now. Yeah, if he decides that he wants to read these comics, in order, yeah, like in continuity order. <clears throat> Um, having never watched the movies at all anyway, he's going to go A New Hope and then read this book. Yeah. And already experience ATT Walkers, already experience a first encounter with with Luke and Vader. Yeah. Already experience Boba Boba Fett. Fett. Yeah. Like, and then And Jabba. Yeah. And then he watches Empire Strikes Back and it's not special anymore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a, Man, I didn't even think of it that way. Because, like, who would do that? But, yeah, like, if you, somebody might decide, I'm going to go through this in continuity. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, that would be weird. I, I, but you're in charge of that. So you I make know. sure, I, you oh, make sure that he watches we, the movies We first. already have watched um, half of Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Um, so he, and he can't read, so he's not going to read yeah. his comics yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're good. We're there. good. We're okay. Okay. Okay, good, good. But you know what? It, that brings up the the uh, in your in your web comic, Kids A. You uh, you did a, a comic really early on, actually, of of you and Peter at at uh, Toys R Us. Yeah. And he sees Angry Birds Star Wars stuff, and then he sees regular Star Wars, and makes yeah. a comment about like, oh, they made a movie of, of Angry, Angry Birds, Birds Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Because that's his perspective. Yep. And so yep. this is the perfect place to wrap all of this up. As Obi-Wan Kenobi says in Return of the Jedi, many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. <laughs> so I cling to these truths because the original trilogy is the truth for me. Yeah. Right. And yeah, sometimes you just got to kind of let go of some of this stuff and just kind of let it happen. So, you know, I with that in mind, I say you can just skip the Star Wars book. Don't skip Vader. Don't skip Princess Leia. But you can skip Star Wars. Probably. It's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, um, which is unfortunate. But You're not missing out on anything. But if you want to read it, there's some good stuff in there, too. There's some interesting character development and some interesting looks at the character, yeah. but just don't read it if you haven't watched Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's like Noah. It's no different than any other superhero comic. If I read a Superman story, I have to take into account that it's seventy-five years of that character, yeah. seventy-six years of that character existing, and many different continuities. And you just take the pieces that you like, 
and discard the stuff that you don't. And yeah, that means that Superman in your head is different from Superman in somebody else's head. Well, that's uh, kind of how it should be anyway. But yeah, like they're, they're, these are legendary mythological characters and yep. the characters of Star Wars are no different. So yep. cool. Well, I think that does it for Star Wars Volume 1 Skywalker Strikes. Yeah. Um, wow, this episode's probably really long. It is, um, but... Uh, yeah. Let's quickly, it's just very primer. briefly, we can get into it more in more detail in the next episode. What are we going to yeah. talk about next month? Uh, so next month we'll be talking about uh, Scott Pilgrim. Actually, we're taking a break next month. Yes, we should, we should say. say that first. Yeah, so, so we'll be back at the beginning of February. So you have two months, basically, to read all five, vo- six, six volumes? volumes, six volumes of Scott Pilgrim. So um, three volumes in December and three volumes in January, yeah. and it's exactly like our normal reading. And schedule. you know what? It it really it they're really quick. not that difficult. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're guaranteed. You can sit down and you can read a volume of Scott Pilgrim in an afternoon. Yeah, like they, you can get through them. Um, I am personally going to be reading through the color versions for the first time. They've okay. been sitting on my shelf. Uh, I just need to go pick up volume six. And that I'm going to read through the color versions, which do have some changes. Okay. There are some differences because some of the jokes were specifically written because the comic was done in black and white. Okay. So, so it'll be fun to, to sort of... If you, so if you've already read Scott Pilgrim... Are you familiar enough with Scott Pilgrim to yeah. know the differences? Okay, I, I think so, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I'll do a little bit of research. But, cool. Um, and I think some of them have editor's notes of like, this okay. joke worked better in black and white. Well, I'm going to stick to so black like and white. Cool. Um, that's all I have on my shelf. But yeah, if you've already read the black and white versions, this is a great excuse to go pick up the color ones and read through those. If you for your first introduction to them was the color versions, go find a copy, some copies of the black and whites, and and read them in black and white and see just how great Brian Lee O'Malley's artwork is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's it. That's it for this episode. Mm-hmm. And on the next one, we'll be talking about Star Wars Darth Vader. Woohoo! Yeah. See you next time. For more Pullbox Podcast episodes, you can check out pullboxpodcast.com to submit a reader poll. Uh, you can email thepullboxpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at Twitter and on Instagram at pullboxpodcast. And you can follow me, Curtis, on Instagram at Curtis Bidley. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. You can you can also find all of our other great podcasts over at thunderquack.com, and uh, uh, that's the home of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, of which we are proudly a part. And uh, and if you want to help support all of our podcasts at Thunderquack, you can do that by heading to Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack, and uh, and and you can you can pledge your support over there. Every dollar helps. But uh, if you're a Pullbox fan and supporter then you'd definitely be interested in the $20 level, which allows you to get all three episodes of the Pullbox podcast, all three of our books, as one super long episode uh, right at the beginning of the month, as opposed to having to wait for the individual episodes to be released. So you can find all that at patreon.com slash thunderquack and all of our other podcasts at thunderquack.com.